Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. It has been my delight and my honor and my privilege to serve uh, churches and corporations all over the world. It has been a learning experience for me. I've been doing what I do for over 30 years. I've written books on leadership. I have master classes on leadership. I teach people leadership all over the world. And one of the things that has always intrigued me is how does anybody get anywhere? Why are some people full of potential never succeed? Why are people who may be average succeed? So I became a student of how people succeed. And one of the questions I've always asked myself is, Sam, how did you get here? So for example, I've been invited uh, by Pastor Sergio Hornung to be the speaker. You are watching me right now. So how did a guy from India who lives in the United States get invited to Lima, Peru with my good friend Sergio Hornung doing this conference for Agua Viva. How, how did that happen? How does anybody get into any room? How do some people get invited and others don't get invited? Why do some people get promoted? Some people don't get promoted. Why do some people get demoted? Why do some people uh, get fired and lose their jobs? Why do some people move up and others don't? So today, I want to unpack that for you, but I want to do it very, very simply. So I've been a student of leadership. I've been a student of uh, how people go up or go down or don't go anywhere or just stagnate. I've been a student of why do some people succeed and others don't. I've been a student of why do some people get invited and others don't. I've come up with three simple words. I'm going to draw it for you on the, on the whiteboard behind me. And I want to show you what I think is the sequence to success. That's what I want to talk about today. The sequence to success. So there are three ways that this happens. How does somebody get here? This, the first O, is what I call observation. Observation. The second one is opinions. Opinions. And the third one is opportunities. Opportunities. Somebody observes you, based on an observation, they form some opinions about you. Based on that opinion, they either give you opportunities or they don't. The first one is observation. Number two is opinions. And number three are opportunities. So I'm going to help you understand all three of those. Because if you understand those three clearly today, I promise you that whatever you set your mind to do, you can do that. I promise you 
that that promotion you'll be looking for can be yours. That financial raise you're looking for can be yours. That business you're trying to grow can be yours. The church you want to grow can be yours. The people you're trying to lead, you can lead at a better level. If you understand the sequence to success, observation, opinion, opportunity. So the first time I met Pastor Sergio was in Cartagena, Colombia. I was doing a very high level uh, leadership, uh, three days, a three day leadership retreat. Uh, we invited Pastor Sergio and Carla to come and be with us. Uh, they were with us. That was our first opportunity for us to meet. Now, he told me later on that he's been following me, reading my books, watching my videos, been part of my leadership program for a while. But then in that three-day setting, he was able to observe me. In that observation, he founded some opinions. And one of the opinions, obviously, that he uh, formed about Sam Chan, that's me, is that he knows what he's talking about, he can help me, and then his opinion went higher. And his opinion was, not only can he help me, but he can help speak at Aqua Viva to thousands upon thousands of people. And because of that opinion, he gave me this opportunity. And because of that opportunity, I am talking to you right now. See how it works? For example, let me, let me, let me go another way with this. You, somewhere down the line, observed Pastor Sergio for the first time. You formed an opinion about Pastor Sergio and said to yourself, I like him, I like what he says, I like how he says it, I like its simplicity, I like it how he breaks it down, I like it how he is practical and pragmatic, I like the way that I can use his stuff, I like the way he cares for me. So you observed him somewhere years ago, months ago, days ago, weeks ago, really doesn't matter. You observed him. You formed an opinion of Pastor Sergio. And now you are watching me because of your opinion of Pastor Sergio and you're giving me an opportunity because of what you observed about him. So all of life, all of your success, all of your trajectory, all of your upward mobility, all of your promotion, all of your races are based on these three words. Observation, opinion, opportunities. With that in mind, with that in mind, I want to take each one of them and help you understand in greater clarity what all that really means. Observation. So what do people observe about you? The first thing you got to know is you're under observation the whole, all the time. You are under observation. Let me say it another way. There's a camera on every one of us at all times how you walk into the room, how you concern yourself with other people's concerns, how you're empathetic and sympathetic, how you bring solutions. All those things are what people are observing. So let me break it down for you as to what people really observe about you. The first thing somebody observes about you is your attitude. The first thing, you will meet a person's attitude before you meet them. When a person walks into a room, their attitude of joy 
or their attitude of sadness, their attitude of anger or their attitude of happiness, their attitude that is uh, optimistic or their attitude that is pessimistic. You are going to meet a person's attitude before you meet them. So the first thing people observe about you is your attitude. Uh, let me, let me uh, kind of uh, explain it to you this way. So at, I have uh, been in, in leadership positions for, uh, uh, since the early 1980s. And in that process, I've had the opportunity to help people get promoted. But I've also had the opportunity to fire a lot of people, to let them go, to release them, to sack them. And I can tell you the number one reason that most people that I have transitioned out of my organizations have been attitude. Not competency, but their attitude. The first thing people meet about you is your attitude. The second thing people meet about you, and no, no particular order from here on, attitude is number one, and everything I'm about to say after, under uh, observation is you can place it anywhere, anywhere is Preparation. When you come into meetings, are you prepared? When you're talking to somebody, are you prepared? When you are doing a, a job for somebody, are you prepared? Your level of preparation is obvious to everybody. Uh, I can tell you this, that there have been times I have spoken on platforms when I was 100% prepared. And there have been times that I have spoken when I knew that I was not as well prepared as I need to be. Knowing that I'm speaking to leaders at Agua Viva uh, for Pastor Sergio Hornung, so what did I do today? I spent extra time in preparation for what I'm doing because you see, people know when you're prepared and when you're not prepared. Number three, what people observe about you is understanding. Do you really understand what you're talking about? Not just trying to fool people, not trying to use big words or... Uh, things that you have heard somewhere else, but do you really understand what your church is about, what your company is about, what your business is about, what your project is about, what uh, solutions that you are working on? Do you really understand that? And then people observe if you can articulate. That means uh, if you can communicate your communication skills. So every leader has to hear me very clearly right now. Doesn't matter what you're doing right now, the higher you go, the more you'll be called upon to communicate publicly. It could be on a platform, it could be in a boardroom, it could be in a staff meeting, it could be at a church, it could be in a department meeting, doesn't matter where you are. The higher you go, you will be sooner or later called on to communicate publicly. How, how are you increasing your public communication skills? Because you see, it's not what you think. It is what others think. It's not what you say. It is how it is heard. So the question for you today is, when people look at you, do they say, ah, she can really communicate. She can really articulate. He can make things simple. He can explain things very well. People are observing your communication skills. People are also observing your solution orientation. 
Can you bring solutions? Especially in the times that we are living in. Everybody knows the problem. Everybody's trying to explain the problem. But the people who are being uh, promoted during this time, people who are starting new businesses during this time, people who are making more money during this time, are people who have solutions. So when you sit at a table in your conference room, when you're talking to your team, your staff, when you are in an executive meeting, when you are working with others around you, are you known as the person who raises problems or the person who brings solutions? And you notice I'm using the plural form of solutions. That means it's not one solution. You are to be known as a person. You are under observation. You are to be known as a person who has solutions. Now, every one of your leaders were raised in different ways, but one of the reasons why you have been asked to lead at a higher level is because you became a solution person. Doesn't matter where you were in your organization to begin with, you brought solutions, you brought answers, you brought innovation, you brought creativity, you became an entrepreneur. So people are observing, are you bringing solutions? People are also observing if they can trust you if they can trust you. See, trust is about letting people into your life as they let you into their life. It's a give and take, it's a reciprocity. It is a, it is, it's an exchange that takes place. And trust grows slowly, very slowly, but it falls very quickly. I have seen people who spent a lifetime building trust and took them 30 seconds to destroy that trust that they had worked on all their life. Trust is very fragile. Trust is very breakable. Trust is never static. It is always dynamic. So can people trust you? So what is trust? Let me define trust for you. Trust is a feeling based on repeated reality. Trust is not a fact. Trust is a feeling. It's an emotion. Let me stop there for a minute. Have you ever met somebody for the first time? You've never seen them before. You never talked to them before. And as soon as you meet them, something inside you says, I don't trust him. I don't trust her. Because there's that uh, thing that's hard to put your hands around. It's intangible. But instinctively, you have a feeling. So trust is a feeling based on repeated reality. So what's repeated reality? When you do something again and again, if you show up on time or if you're late, if you're late all the time, then you are not as trusted. If you are ahead of time, you are always trusted. You do what you say you're going to do, you are trusted. You have to be reminded again and again, you are not trusted. Trust is a feeling based on repeated, repeated, repeated reality. So you get to create your own reality for people. It is a feeling based on repeated reality. So you're being observed. Can I trust him? Can I trust her? 
You take your car back to the same mechanic because you trust them. You don't take it back because you don't trust them. It's all about observation that's taking place. Not only is it about trust, it's about creative thinking. People are observing, are you creative thinking? Because there are two kinds of people. One says to you, what is, I-S, what is? The second says, what if, I-F, I, what is, what if? What is des describes what is right now. What if says, what if we did this? What we will stop that? What we started that? What we sustained that? What if we suspended that? What if we speeded that? What if, what if we, we didn't do that anymore? And what if we started doing that? What if we put money into that project more? What if we uh, train more people to do this? What, what if? So people observe you to say to yourself, what if? And then people observe how you think, how you think of others. People know if you respect people, honor people. People know if you uh, have a positive feel feeling or a negative people feeling. People are observing how you in general conduct your life. People are observing you as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a pastor, as a church leader, as a business owner, as an employee in, a, in, in the business. People are observing you in your present station right now. So, what are people observing about you? There's a camera on you. You can't get away from it. Somebody is watching you, and your future trajectory is based on observation. See, everybody wants opportunities, but you will never get there unless you start working on what are people observing about me. The second one is opinions. Opinions. Have you noticed everyone's got opinions? You have opinions, I have opinions. By now, you have observed me long enough on this uh, streaming, on this video. You have watched me long enough to form opinions. Either you have a good opinion of me or not so good opinion of me. If you have a high opinion of me, you are telling everybody else, hey, watch that guy, that Sam Chan guy, he's teaching us about sequence to success. If, if your opinion is low of me, you have tuned me out by now, you have gone and got you another cup of coffee or whatever you're doing right now, wherever you're watching me from. So your opinion is... Uh, what so everyone's got opinions. And have you noticed a few things about opinions? Have you noticed how quickly people form their opinions? You can think about it this way. Uh, I wish I had that in my hand. Imagine for a moment that this is a remote control. This is a remote control. A TV remote control, a TV remote control. And if you are sitting in your chair and you're watching TV, how many seconds does it take for you to decide if you're going to watch that show? Not many, does Maybe two at the most, three seconds. Bam, one, two, three, bam. And you are changing channels on a constant basis. Everyone's opinions, opinions get formed very, very quickly. And not only have you noticed everyone's opinions, it get formed very quickly, have you noticed how difficult it is to change your opinion? Once people form, uh, that restaurant does not have good food. That restaurant, uh, I got sick over there. Uh, that car place uh, has good deals. 
People form their opinions, form them quickly, and they have a hard time changing their opinion. And have you also noticed in the age of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and uh, TikTok and uh, uh, LinkedIn and Tik, you know, all those kind of things. Have you noticed how freely people share their opinions? <laughs> well, you know, that Sam Chan guy who was teaching us about sequence of success, it was really good. Or it was boring and dull or I didn't learn anything, or when is the next speaker coming on, or why did Pastor Sergio invite him? People are sharing their opinion. You are, you are sharing your opinion right now, even as I'm talking to you. So that is how opinions work. Because you see, opinions do four things for us. Opinions do four things for us. Here are the four things. They will either promote, demote, stagnate or terminate. Promote, demote, stagnate or terminate. Let's talk about those. Somebody else's opinion will promote you. You can have a high opinion of yourself and not get promoted. May I say something to you that might not be easy to hear, but it's the truth. Your opinion of yourself does not matter. You might think you're wonderful. You might think you're awesome. You might think that people need to buy from your business. You might think people need to come to your church, but your opinion of yourself does not matter. What matters is somebody else's opinion. When you know why people come and stay at your church? Because of their opinion. You know why they leave your church? Because of their opinion. So, all promotion is because of somebody else's own opinion. Then there's demotion. You are here, but others have bypassed you. You have been brought lower. Demotion. Number three is stagnation. Stagnation simply means that you got a job 12 years ago. You still got the same job. Other people have come by and been promoted. Other people have gone to different businesses. You are still at the same level, stagnant. And then the fourth one is termination, when you get fired. I've been fired two times in my life. Let me tell you about those. Let me tell you about those. So the first time I got fired was in 1974, 1974. I was looking for a job. I was from India. Uh, living in Atlanta, USA, going to college, and I needed a job. I could not get a work permit, so I went looking for a job at a church. They gave me a job working with kids in their kids' department, daycare, where people dropped off their kids, went to work, picked them up in the afternoon. So I think I was 20 at that time, and I, one afternoon I was supposed to be on the playground with the kids playing, and this kid, let's call him Johnny, Johnny fell off the swing and broke his arm. Now, I was supposed to be out there, but I wasn't out there. So it's, it's my fault. I wasn't out there. And Johnny broke his arm. Came, my arm is broke. My arm is broke. <laughs> and the principal of the school called me in and fired me. The second time I was fired was from a, from a store where people in America, we call it Goodwill stores, thrift stores where people donate their clothes and then they get organized and resold, and the money then goes to charity for 
uh, to help people in different walks of life. So I got hired at the Goodwill store, and I was working in the men's pants department. This was 1975. Uh, in the men's pants department, so all I had to do was all day long measure the length of the men's pants, measure the waist, and uh, write down on the pant on a little piece of tape uh, the size of the pants. And so I, all I did was measure the length, measure the waist, write it down, fold it, put it aside. After a week of doing that, I got so good, I became an expert to the degree I did not need the measuring tape anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, looks like this, ah, uh, looks like this, ah, uh, looks like that. Well, they fired me too. Because somebody observed, formed an opinion, and gave me the lifetime opportunity to ask me to leave. Let me talk to you now about the third one. That's opportunities. Opportunities. When you have an opportunity that's been given to you, you got to know that you moved from one space to the other. So every leader, every leader starts off as a functional leader and then becomes an organizational leader. Everyone, including me, you, who doesn't know who you are, started as a functional leader, became an organizational leader. So let me explain that to you. As a functional leader, I work with things. As an organizational leader, I work with people. So when I was, uh, after I got fired from all those jobs I told you about, my college gave me jobs on campus. So I became a janitor, breakfast cook, and dishwasher. Janitor, breakfast cook, dish. So every morning I'd get up about four o'clock in the morning, go down to the kitchen, I'd cook uh, breakfast for all the Americans, they would come in about 7, 7.30, they would eat, then I would wash their dishes, then I'd join them in class about 8.30, from 8.30 to 12.30 were classes, and after that I would uh, uh, change clothes, after lunch I would change clothes, and I'd become the janitor. That means I'd be uh, sweeping the sidewalk, cutting the grass, painting walls, plunging uh, toilets, you know, just whatever needed to be done. So I started off just like you as a functional leader, working with things. But then somebody observed, formed an opinion, and gave me opportunity and gave me a promotion. And I became an organizational leader. That means I was now leading people. May I say something to you? When I was a functional leader, it was much easier than an organizational leader. As a functional leader, my vacuum cleaner never gave me a bad attitude. The eggs that I broke in the morning to make breakfast were always on time. When I was washing dishes, I didn't have to schedule them. Everything worked because things don't talk back to you. Things are not rude to you. You can do whatever you need to with things anytime. But people, as an organizational leader, that's a different thing altogether. Now you gotta deal with their attitudes, their conflict, their ideas, their opinions. If they show up on time, if they're late, if they said they were gonna be there, they didn't go get there, you gave them a job, they said they would do it, they didn't do it. Opportunities. 
So when opportunities come your way, now you become a steward of those opportunities because we started off as functional and now we have become organizational in our leadership. But if you want to go up this trajectory, you got to know you are under observation. People forming opinions and then people are going to give you opportunities. So let me give you a couple of biblical examples. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, God says to Samuel the prophet, go down to Bethlehem to Jesse's house. He's got a bunch of boys, sons. One of them is going to be the king. Anoint that boy. You all have every preacher, every Bible teacher has talked about this story so many times. So Jesse the daddy brought, brought all his sons out who stood as tall as they could, smiling as big as they could, looking as strong as they could because prophet Samuel was coming with his horn of oil and he was going to anoint one of them to be king. Well, Samuel shows up. He observes. He forms an opinion because God says to him, that boy is not here. He says to Jesse, the daddy, do you have any more boys? Oh, yes, David, the young one. He's out there in the field with the sheep. Samuel says, call him. And the Bible says the rest of them had to remain standing. They went and got David. As soon as David came up, Samuel the prophet observed. God said, that's him. And you know, he ended up being the greatest king of Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus and Matthew. Remember Matthew, the tax collector? So the Bible says, Jesus walked into the market square and he sees this man who's collecting taxes. Now, Matthew was reviled. Matthew was not honored and respected. Matthew was feared because Matthew was a tax collector. He was a Jew who was collecting taxes for the Romans, the people who occupied the persecutors, the ones who had taken over the land. And the way Matthew made his money was is to not only get the taxes, but then he gouged them, got more money from them, and that money he kept for himself. The Bible says that Jesus saw him, saw. The Greek word there is theomai, theomai. Theomai means observed for a long time with desire. Observed, theomai, observed for a long time with desire. So you can see Jesus standing there, leaning against a pillar, and a little distance from him, he's seeing Matthew, the tax collector, really giving a hard time to all the people, collecting more and more and more money from people. And Jesus said, if he was my disciple, he could be a real blessing by writing the book of Matthew. Jesus observed him, for a long time with desire. And then he walks up to Matthew and says to him, come, follow me. Observation, opinion, opportunity. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. God observed that we were born to go to hell. We had no help. We had no hope. His opinion was that if people had a way and people had an, some solution to their sin problem, they would accept me and they would not have to go into eternal death. And today, he's giving all of us the same opportunity. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that if you believe on him today, you will not perish, but you can have eternal life. So let me conclude with you. Everyone is under observation. You're under observation, I'm under observation. You hold the keys to somebody else's life, and somebody else holds the key to your life. And I want to invite you to a very simple journey, the sequence to success. Make sure that what you are being observed for meets the criteria. Never downplay people's opinions because you are where you are and where you are going to go in life is going to be because of other people's opinions. And when you have been given an opportunity, be a good steward of it. Pastor Sergio, it's been my joy and honor to serve Agua Viva. It has been my joy to stand before the people. It's my joy that you would trust me with it. Thank you for your observation, for your op opinion, and now for this awesome opportunity.